0: amen and amen let the believers shout amen hallelujah hallelujah before we return back to our seats today if you're in need of healing today and i know as of the this past month it's just felt like disease has just broken out uh at least at least in my household and in our church and so if you need healing today, would you just lift your hands to heaven? Because, again, I, just want, I don't need to prove anything to you, but, but God is a healer. He promises according to his word that by the stripes of Jesus, we can be healed. So if you need healing today, raise up your hand today. Because I just want to believe with you. If you, if you don't even have enough faith for yourself, I want to believe with you. And if you do see somebody with their hand raised, would you just reach over and touch them right now? Just, just touch and agree right now. this might be a physical healing this might be an emotional healing this might be a, a, a mental healing that you need but there's nothing beyond the power of god to heal today lord we speak over these these men and women that have raised their hand because they they need a physical emotional spiritual touch from heaven and god we believe that you are able to do this so right now my brother my sister i just speak healing to that ailment i speak the healing name of jesus against the disease, against the infirmity. I speak the healing name of Jesus against the pain and the sorrow you've been carrying. I speak that power that it is in his name not just to save but to heal. His body was broken, not just so I could get to heaven, but so I could be healed right here on earth. So I declare right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may you sense the power of God touching you. May you sense heaven agreeing with my faith right now. And may you receive in this very moment a healing touch from God. I pray it just feels like a warm fire burning on the inside of you. That way you will know God is doing exactly what we ask. And I thank you, God, today. Somebody help we praise this God who heals all of our diseases, who heals every one of our pains. This God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let all God's people say amen. just for a moment longer to those of you who just need some sort of financial blessing in your life. And I know we've already received the offering, but the Bible tells me that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the silver and gold are His. So God lacks for nothing, but we need His blessings. And so I know we've already received the offering, but if you just need God to, to bring a financial increase in your life, would you just raise your hand quickly? I just... I just need God to, to, to bless me. I just need his help financially. It's okay. There's no shame in this. I just I, I need him to do it. I mean, we saw God last week meet all sorts of needs, so I, I don't think he's done yet. If you, I, just, I just need God to bless me. Amen. With your hands raised, Father, I thank you right now that you are the provision. You are the source. Though we might have jobs or businesses or, or places of income, God, we would have nothing except to be given to us from above. So Lord, I pray right now in this moment that you just begin to make something happen. Shift things. The, the, literally, the, the, the thing that has been against your financial blessing, I pray right now God would remove that in the name of Jesus. And I don't, I don't just mean the, the things the enemy has put in place. I mean the things you've put in place to block the blessings of God over your finances. I pray that God will show you what those things are and that God will remove those things. And the the things that that are on you to remove, I pray that you'll have the courage today to say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to be a steward of what you've given me so I can be blessed to be a blessing. I thank you, God, that you're releasing just a financial windfall of blessing over every good steward. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let all God's people who believe that say amen today. Amen. Last thing, I just, I just sense the Lord has tell me to pray. If it's a promise, I'll let you go back to your seats. I just sense that the Lord has wanted me to speak to those who have lost some things this year. Some things that were important to you and you, on some level, you feel like I'll never get that back. I'll never have that again. The Bible actually teaches me that my God is in the business of restoration and then some they can steal from you the enemy can rob you and God will make sure he has to give it back seven times over so I'm just sensing the Lord want me to pray right now for anyone who just needs restoration in your life whatever it was that you forfeited or that was stolen if you need God to restore would you just lift your hands just for a moment longer and I'm almost done here but heavenly father because i sense your spirit saying this then i believe it's because you've already prepared the means for restoration so that every one of us who have gone through through loss and sorrow this year God, maybe we don't need back what we lost, but God, what we need is to you to restore the hope and restore the joy and restore the faith and restore the belief. Because some of you, you don't want back what what was taken from your life, but you need to know that you're still worthy. You need to know that you're still loved. You need to know that God can still redeem what the enemy has tried to destroy or what you have forfeited. So Father, I thank you in this moment that we are being reminded that Jesus isn't just a Savior, he's a redeemer and he can restore everything that has been stolen or forfeited in our lives so right now my brother my sister I pray a fullness a full restoration of joy a full restoration of faith a full restoration of victory a full restoration of hope moving forward may this be the day that you stop doubting and you stop being troubled over what was lost and may you just receive from God Restoration, even this week, some of you are going to begin to see things come back into your life in such a way that you're going to say, This was God, only God could do this. If you believe that He is able to restore what has been stolen and even forfeited, come on and put your hands together and say, Amen. Today, Amen and Amen, Amen and Amen, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. As you return back your seats, just let that praise be on your lips. My God is a great God. He's a great God. And greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep it going for just a second. I got to, somehow I, I, my shoe came untied. I need to tie this real quick. Hallelujah. Otherwise I'm going to trip and fall on my face. Thank you, Jesus so thankful to know that back in kindergarten, they taught me how to tie shoes. Come on, somebody. Because this generation, I'm like, you don't need shoelaces with Crocs, right? You don't even know why you wear them. Amen. Come on, somebody. Today, what we're going to do is, at the end of the service, we're going to be dedicating seven different children, if I'm correct, seven different children to the Lord. I'm excited for this. I hope all seven are here today because I've put the work in for you. But before I get to that, For those of you who didn't come for dedication, you came to hear the Word of God. I want to speak to the series that we are in, and the series that we're currently in is is titled, In the End. And I I won't rehash so much of what we've preached, but we're just, we're realizing with what is happening in our world and, and what is going on. The Bible speaks to these things as signs, if you will, warnings. Uh, that soon and very soon, time is going to end and eternity is going to begin. And so in that, I realize that when we start to talk about old, the Old Testament prophecies and the New Testament prophecies of the last days, it can be very frightening. And, and, and I realize many of you didn't come today to be scared by revelation. Uh, you came for a baby dedication. So what I'm going to try to do today is, is I'm not going to try to in any way scare you. My, my hope is to prepare you for what's to come. Now, sometimes preparation means, whoa, I better get my act together. Sometimes preparation means I, I realize the, the parable that Jesus spoke of, of the ten virgins. Uh, five were, were ready and had their oil ready. And the other five were, were foolish. And, and they weren't prepared for his return. And so I, I realize on any given Sunday, in any given church service... I've got the, the, the wise people who are prepared and ready for Christ's return, and i got the foolish people who just who still are just playing games and, and, and biding their time, but, but they're not yet ready. So I'm, I'm not trying to scare you today. My hope is that I can prepare you for what is to come. So would you just stand your feet with me just for a moment? We're going to read the Word of God together, and then I'll let you be seated. And I, I promise this won't be long. Let's go read you one verse. 1 Peter 2.1. I'll start there. So here's how I want to prepare you today. So get rid of all evil behavior or malice, some versions say. Be done with all deceit. Be done with all hypocrisy. Be done with all jealousy. And be done with all kinds of slander. Can God's people say amen? All right, you can be seated. There we go. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All right. What is he getting at? Well, let's break this down a little bit. What this scripture is is teaching us, and I want you to see it. Get rid of. What the scripture is telling us is we need to to literally make some room so it can we we can be ready to receive what God has for us. Someone say, make room. There are times in my life I have to I have to realize that I, I'm I'm overloaded with 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 burdens and I'm overloaded with obligations. And and truth be told, I'm overloaded with some some evil things in my life. And God wants you to make room so you are ready to receive more. The, 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 the blessings and the joy and the victory that he has for you. So, so in order to, to receive, I have to make room. That means I have to decide today, ultimately, am I going to allow God to have access to my, my heart and my mind? Or am I going to continue to allow these things to dominate my desires and, and my thoughts? I mean, think about it. How can I really receive the love of God when my, when my heart is still so full of malice? Evil intentions. How can, I, how can I really receive the truth of God's word when my mind is still so full of deceit? How, how can I genuinely celebrate someone else if my heart is full of jealousy and slander? Come on, somebody. How, how, how can I really receive the revelation of the real me when I'm living in hypocrisy? If you don't know what hypocrisy is, hypocrisy isn't struggling with something. Hypocrisy is pretending that you aren't. That's hypocrisy. And so my first point here today is just simply this. Maybe the the first step to getting ready in these last days is to get rid of some things. If I'm really going to get ready, I've got to get rid of some things. I know some of you came to church today, and you're like, Lord, give me a word. Lord, I I need you to show me how to live and and what to do in these last days, and I just need you to know that he just did. Give him that verse again. Verse verse 1, God says you need to get busy getting rid Okay. Not, not get busy getting ready, get busy getting rid. Get rid of the evil behavior and the deceit and the hypocrisy and the jealousy and the slander. And then once you get rid of those five things, then maybe you can come back and we'll have a little talk about the book of Revelation and how to get ready for the end times. See, I need to get busy getting rid of what is in my life. Because when I get rid, I can then get ready for all the things God wants to fill my life with. Okay, I won't make you stand again, but let me keep going. Verse 2 says this. Like newborn babies. Thank you. I just heard a newborn baby there. Let let me know. Like newborn babies craving pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, this is Jesus, rejected by humans, but chosen by God. And precious to God. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, for in Scripture it says, God is saying, See, look, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Let me say that again, because I need you to know this. We're not putting our faith in religion. We're not putting our faith in some man in history. We are putting our faith in Jesus Christ, that precious cornerstone. And when we put our trust in him, we will never be put to shame. If you know that's true, say amen. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Let's skip to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on and put your hands together for the word of God today. Amen. Is it just me? Are these lights extra bright today? Hallelujah. Okay, okay. For those who are on the stage, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. I want to. I want to illustrate something real quick. Is my son Zion in the room? Zion, stand up, my guy. Stand up real quick, Zion. Stand up, ladies and gentlemen. Zion Elijah Becker, right there. There he is. All right, sit down. Sit down, my guy. He's my. As you know, he's my living kind of living, breathing object lesson. So Zion, uh, Zion's the kind of person that he helps everywhere in this ministry. Okay. He helps with impact kids. He helps with setup team. He helps with teardown. He helps when he doesn't want to help. He, 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 sh- he shows up when you call off. He, he, he helps with the media team. He, he helps with the switcher and, and the live feed. He, he even at times when, when, when Emmanuel or Bianca are available, he'll even be forced to get up there and drum. Okay. He helps in so many different areas. So one Sunday in particular, sometime back, um, somebody called off whatever, and so Zion had to step in for for our live feed. And he began to do some creative stuff with the live feed and, and, you know, just just making things happen, and it was just like, wow, that was pretty awesome. So afterwards, uh, Pastor Olga comes up to him and she goes, dude, like, how did you know how to do that? And his response was priceless. Here's what he said. He said, I'm just built different. Tiana, can you give me verse 5 one more time? Give me verse 5 again from First from, from Peter. There. Give me verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual fr- sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In the words of Zion and the title for my sermon, would you just kindly turn to the person next to you and inform them, just inform them, I'm just built different. So let's illustrate this. Uh, Michael, do we have a uh, my my I have a Lego set. Jess, can you have there's a Lego set right there, I think. Yeah, can you give me that. A- anybody still anybody honest? Anybody still build Legos? Anybody still do this at all? Some Lego builders in the house. Okay. Wow, look us, we're like in our twenties and thirties and okay. So so this generation doesn't really know what I'm talking about, Kareem. Okay. When I was a kid, we used to we used to do. I mean, you know, we get those big boxes of these things, and and all it had was that one design on the outside, and you just did everything you knew how to to try to build the way it was designed, and it just didn't work out, right? What I'd like to do for a moment is is I'd like to. Would somebody be willing to help me with this during the service? I know, especially for those who get bored. Would anybody be willing to help me with this today? You want to help me? I want to help. Me. Emmanuel, you want to help me? Yeah. All right, come here, Emmanuel. Come here, Emmanuel. come here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get for Emmanuel right here, my guy. Here, sir. A... All right, so Emmanuel, what you're going to do is you're going to help me build New York City, okay? All 598 pieces of it, all right? I'm going to build New York City. It just looks like some of the skyscrapers and that, okay? It looks like the Statue of Liberty and all that, okay? This this is what you're going to be spending the rest of my sermon doing, okay? You're going to be building New York City for me. And I'd love for you to get it done by the time I'm done, okay? So what I've done for you, just so you know, is I had Zion, who is the master builder. Pull that out for me so that piece right there. He's already built the foundation for you. He's already laid the foundation, okay? So all you've got to do is just build on top of what's already been laid, all right? Cool? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get up for Emmanuel, all right? So you got this. 598 pieces. Take it, You can just do it right over there if you want to. Back to your seat. You don't, to, you don't have to stare around the stage and distract everyone from what I'm saying the entire time. Hallelujah. All right. All right. So what I'd like to point out is that doesn't life often feel like a Lego set? Right, like God's got this great purpose for your life, and and He gives you a glimpse of the box of what it's gonna look like, but then you get the pieces, and the people and literally the pieces are all broken, and, and they're all scattered, and you feel like your purpose is just nothing but a bunch of pieces, and we all have a vision for our life, right? We've all got this vision of what kind of family we're going to have and what kind of house we're going to have, and what kind of money we're going to make, where we're going to go to college and the career we're going to have, and we've all got these visions and these glimpses of of what's to come, and then we go to God and we're like, God, I know that you can provide these things for me, and God gives us a bunch of pieces. And then we want to take those pieces back to God and be like, hey, look, God, this doesn't look at anything at all like the box. And I just want to tell you, hear me, the reason it doesn't look like the box is because it hasn't been built yet. We have to learn to build. And, I, and I, when, I, when I read this section here of 1 of, of Peter, what it feels like, it feels like a synopsis, like this brief summary of what of getting saved really looks like, okay? Almost like a Anybody ever watch time-lapse videos? Anybody ever watch, just sit around on YouTube and just watch time-lapse videos? You know, those guys who will take a spoon and somehow just create an entire pool in their backyard. Or just, and, and, and what looks like, you know, it, it takes like two minutes to watch on the time-lapse. Probably took them like two weeks kind of thing. Like just, just something, just something created. Those time-lapse videos. Um, for those of you who overate, don't say amen on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but, but you feel the need today that, like, Lord, I, 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 need a, I need a little help losing the Thanksgiving bloat. Yeah. I, I, I want to give you a, a workout routine for your abs that will help today. Let's just give them that video real quick. This will help your abs today. Just do it just like this. Just do, you do. Don't record like yourself in time lapse doing an ab workout. <laughs> Come on somebody. Now <laughs> Pastor Beto, I don't know why the de bloat didn't go away all of a sudden. Okay. But but how many know it doesn't work like that? Okay, good Lord. I mean, you, you, you sat there at the table for three hours, okay, watching a time lapse video and hoping that it's all gonna go away in a matter of moments. It's not how it works with, with, with our gluttony. It's, it's not how that happens. And, and so I guess my, my point is just simply what about when somebody first tells you about how God saved them and, and, and they tell you about how God healed them and they tell you about how God delivered them? Usually, what they're doing is they're giving you what's called a time lapse. They're not giving you all the things that, that happened that led up to that testimony. They're, they're just saying, hey, look at me now. Look at what the Lord has done. And can we be honest? Oftentimes the hardest part about being a Christian is when we compare our real life process to somebody else's time lapse testimony. It just doesn't line up. I just, I just, I can't make sense. Uh, How did they get there when, when I'm going through all this? Uh, how, da, how does that happen in their life and it's not happening in my life? And can I give you the dirty little secret about most Christians? Most Christians will skip all the stuff that makes them look less spiritual. <laughs> Come on, let me get an amen from a real Christian in this house. Come on, right? Like, like you'll hear those Christians, you'll hear them say, I used to live in darkness, I used to be bound by sin. I used to serve the false gods of sex and sin and selfishness. Listen to me. Sometimes they're still going back and serving those false gods of sex and sin and selfishness. The only thing is that they fast forwarded through that part and you don't hear about the process. When you, when, you, when you hear those Christian parents who, who love to say, I raised my kids in church every Sunday and every Wednesday. I taught them how to pray and pray in tongues. I taught them how to sing praises to God in the car. And now they're all holy and serving God. That is awesome. But they purposely left out the part where they had rebellious teenagers, ungrateful teenagers, lying, two faced teenagers. They left out the part when they went to college and they were sleeping around and doing drugs and acted stupid. They purposely left those things out. All those Christian couples who say, we've been happily married for seven years, but you've been married for 15. Exactly. We left out the years where we weren't happy. It's called a time-lapse testimony. And here's the thing. They're not lying to you. What you're doing is you're hearing everything in fast forward. You didn't realize there was a process. There was problems, there was pain, there was demonic attacks and powers coming against their life. So you sit there and you compare your real life struggle to their time-lapse testimony. And you're just like, it ain't working for me. Try doing sit-ups like that. It ain't gonna work for anybody. Time-lapsed testimonies. So when Peter says, he says, look, you have to get rid of all these evil things in your life and then grow up in salvation. Pastor Beto, is Peter saying this is going to happen overnight? I don't think so at all because of the imagery that he uses in verse 2. You know what he calls us? He calls us babies. Ooh. Unless you mean that as an endearing term, don't call me a Baby. Baby. That ain't going to fly because he calls us a baby for this reason. He calls a baby because he wants to understand that the kingdom of God is just built different. It's just different. The kingdom of God is not a time-lapse video. How do I know that? Because if it was supposed to happen overnight, if I was supposed to go from getting rid of all that crap in my life to now living holy 24-7, then why did Jesus explain and illustrate the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed? The smallest of all seeds. He said like this, he said in Matthew 13, 31, he said, the kingdom of heaven is a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed, which a man planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows it becomes the largest of all garden plants to the point where not only does it create shade, but even the birds of the air can nest in its branches. This is what Jesus is trying to teach us. It's not an overnight process. I don't go from getting rid of to now fully getting holy. That is not how it works in Christendom. Let me give you my quick testimony. Tells you don't know me. When I accepted Christ into my life, I was eight years old. I still remember the night. I was sitting there in, in my bed. It was a Saturday night. And somehow I got to thinking about eternity and how time is just never going to end. And I got scared. I was eight years old. And I was like, if time isn't going to end, I don't want to spend forever in hell. So I ran my little self all the way up to my dad's room. He lived up in the attic. I ran all the way up to my dad's room. He was studying for his sermon the next day. I ran up there and I was like, I don't want to go to hell. I'm scared of eternity. And it was in that moment, eight years old, that I gave my life to Christ. And then I was 17 when I finally fully surrendered everything to him. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my time-lapse testimony. Eight and seventeen. I just right? Ooh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. God, God is good. But see, what you don't see is is 17 was just the age when everything my dad had been sowing into my life since I was born, now finally met up with the will of God that God had planned long before I even showed up on this planet. Is there anyone else that is still living proof of Proverbs 22, 6 that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from me. My life is proof, Uh, my parents' investment of the seed they sowed in my life. The second thing I want to tell you is this, is that all throughout scripture, you're going to see that God builds differently than how we build. When God decided one day I'm going to build an entire nation called Israel, how does God do it? He takes a man who's 100 years old and his wife who's 90 who's been barren all of her life and never had a child and he gives them an offspring. This is how God works. He just builds different. When God wants to defeat the Midianites what he does is he takes a man who's hiding, a coward, the least in his own tribe named Gideon and he calls him out from hiding and he calls him a mighty man of valor and then he takes Gideon's army of 32,000 and guess what God does? God dwindles that army all the way down to 300. Sometimes it feels like God is building backwards in our life. God, I had 32,000 and now you draw it all the way down to just 300. Anybody else feel like a 2023? God, you've been building backwards in my life and I had all this and, 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 and now I've got nothing and I need you to know the reason that God subtracts and the reason God removes and the reason that God helps you get rid is because there's more that you can't receive, more he's ready to do, more he's building for your future but sometimes it's got to cut things off so I can grow. If you would pick any Bible character, you pick Moses or Ruth or David or Peter or Mary, if you picked any over-unlooked and any unlikely person in the Bible, what you will see is that God just builds differently. He just does this thing different. And so Peter says of Jesus, he says, Jesus is that living stone, living stone, because God builds different. And this living stone was chosen by God, but he was also rejected by man. Hmm. John 1 says he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Isaiah prophesied that he was despised and rejected. He was a man acquainted with grief and sorrows. So here's Jesus, the eternal word of God, the spotless and sinless lamb of God, the alpha and the omega and everything in the middle. He is all that, and yet when he shows up, he is rejected by his own people. But their rejection of Jesus set up something even more awesome. And for those of you who who know exactly what I'm talking about the very next verse in John chapter 1 verse 12 says this but to all who have believed in Jesus and to all who have accepted Jesus, to them he gave the right to be called children of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are grateful today that Jesus was rejected so that you could be accepted, and that Jesus was rejected by his own so that you could be received and accepted by God, can you just put your hands together and just take five seconds and say, God, thank you that I've been accepted, but Jesus had to be rejected. And the third thing I want to tell you is just this. Accepting Jesus isn't the hard part. Accepting Jesus isn't the hard part. I told you I was eight years old when I came to the realization, I need a Savior. And I ran upstairs, and I was crying, and my dad prayed with me, and I accepted the Lord into my heart. I prayed that sinner's prayer. And and literally, Pastor Bethel probably took all of 30 seconds, and I was saved, washed clean, hallelujah, saved in 30 seconds. But can I tell you what it's taken me over 30 years? 30 seconds to accept Jesus. Over 30 years to accept Jamin and who I really am and what's really going on inside me. Because you, maybe you didn't realize this, but, but Jesus is perfect. And I don't need to hear amens right now, but Jamin is not. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Jesus, he forgives as soon as you ask. Jamin forgives, but has a hard time forgetting what you did. I feel like I'm standing alone up here. Jesus, when, he, when Jesus gets angry, he, he, he reacts out of righteous indignation. And Jesus makes the wrong right. When Jamin gets angry, he just wants to smack stupid people. Rev, Jesus is the greatest preacher of all time. Jamin isn't even the greatest preacher in this church. Ooh. See, when people meet Jesus, their lives are transformed from the inside out. When pe- Karina can tell you this. When people will meet me out in public, they'll be like, hey, you're that Facebook preacher. Your ears are a lot bigger than they are on screen. In case you're wondering, and maybe a little word for me, there are some good things about Jamin too. Now I might get a couple of amens. But the point that I'm trying to make right now is not how much I suck sometimes. Because you suck too. There we go. Okay, there we go. All right. The point I'm simply trying to make is that accepting Jesus took me a moment. But accepting me takes a lifetime, Sister Nancy. And biblically speaking, listen to me now, biblically speaking, to accept Jesus but to reject Jamin is actually missing the whole point of how God builds different. Don't miss this point. In verse 5, Peter tells us, he says this. He says, look, he says, is isn't just Jesus that is holy. He says this. The same Jesus who is holy is the same Jesus who is also making you holy. Peter didn't just say that Jesus is the living stone. Peter went on to say that you also are living stones. Do do you see how God builds? Jesus is the stone that I build on. But I am the stone that God builds with Come on, somebody. I I need somebody to take a moment right now and just help me praise the God who still builds with barren wombs. Praise the God who still builds with teenage shepherd boys. The same God who still builds with virgin wombs and virgin birth. The same God who still builds on cussing, ear-cutting Christians. The same God who still builds on us who don't seem worthy and don't seem noticeable and don't seem deserving. God still built his kingdom on us. Ladies and gentlemen, God does not build his kingdom on the prestigious people, on the important people, on the powerful people, or the perfect people. God built his kingdom different. He uses the imperfect, the fallible, the weak, those who, who realize I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, and can I find somebody today to say, God can build on me, because I need his grace. I recognize I don't deserve it, but I need it, and God can build on me because I built different. Let me wrap up right here. My last point is this. I need you to know. Emmanuel, how's that coming along, sir? How's it coming along? 598 pieces down. Almost almost there. All right, we're almost there. About to bring this thing home. Listen to me. Here's my last point. God selects what man rejects. All right, I will say it again. Just for you, Derek. God selects what man rejects. So what I need you to realize is if this is true, then would you please stop turning around and doing the exact opposite in your life? If God selects you, even though people have rejected you, would you stop turning around and rejecting what makes you so special? It's the fact that God has chosen you. So today, if you have faced some rejection, but you still know I'm a chosen generation, then can you say, I'm just Bill different? Today, if you have made some royal mistakes, but you realize I am a royal priesthood, I am a holy nation, can you say, I'm just built different? If you feel unseen, if you feel unloved, if you feel unnoticed, if you feel unwanted, but you know that God still calls you His own special possession, would you open up your mouth and say, Today, I'm just built different? Because at one time I walked in darkness, but now I'm living in his marvelous light. And if you're grateful for that, can you put your hands together and just tell God, thank you. Thank you. I'm just built different. Emmanuel, where's our, where's our, where's our thing at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Can you bring it to me? You still working on it? Bring it, bring it to me. Thank you, Brad. Bring it to Brad. He, he was done? He finished it up? How far did you get, Emmanuel? 2%. About two percent. Come here, Brad. Bring it. Bring it. Not looking too good. All right. Let's let's see you, uh, sir. Well, we got the foundation laid. Okay, hallelujah. Good job, Emmanuel. Looks like he was. <laughs> looks like he was uh, he was starting on the Eiffel Tower or not Eiffel Tower. I'm gonna call the Statue of Liberty. Both French, I guess. Yeah. He was starting on it. He, you you getting somewhere. He was getting somewhere. He was getting. Come on, let's give it for Emmanuel. He did good, right? Thank you, sir. You, you leave the box right there. Thank you, sir. Here's the point I want to make it feels like all of us have been given so much to build with, but so much little time to build on. And can I, can I remind you that Jesus is returning soon and very soon? And, and so, my point is just simply this in the end, it's not about if you're finished, in the end, it's all about the foundation. <laughs> It is all about what you are building your life on. And if you don't get finished, I serve a God that's already got a finished product for you. Can I remind somebody what what Paul said in Philippians 1? He said, I am confident that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day Christ Jesus returns. And Emmanuel, Jesus is on your foundation. Zai, where you at? Come here, Master Builder. Come here, Zai. Come here, Zai. Because whether you realize this or not, Emmanuel, Zion not only laid the foundation for you last night, where's it at Zion? Zion, was, Zion came to help you. He came to make sure that, that you not only have the right foundation, but Zion took some time last night, Emmanuel, to build a place for you. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe you don't realize this about Jesus. But he isn't just a foundation. Jesus is the one who went to heaven and is preparing a place for you to be with him forever. So maybe, just maybe you still got a lot of pieces to work with and very little time to get it all done with. But that's all right because Jesus is already working on your behalf. He's already interceding on your behalf. He's already making a way on your behalf. And when you run out of time, he's eternal. He's got all the time and then some. I just need some men and women who are grateful to know I'm not just building my life on any foundation. I'm building my life on the chief cornerstone. And even if I don't finish, he's already... Already completed a work for me he's already made the way for me can you put your hands together and help me praise this God who has made it clear build on my foundation because I will make a way where there seems to be no way that's why he could cry out it is finished would you stand your feet with me today all over this room brad how great a foundation we have michael how firm a foundation we have reverend jerry how awesome and eternal a foundation we have reverend karina we don't build on sand we build on the eternal foundation Jesus Christ family all I'm simply trying to say to you is if you build on anything else other than Jesus in time it will topple and it will fall but if you've chosen to build your life on Jesus can you just throw up your hands today and say God, thank you that my foundation remains because the winds are gonna come the waves are gonna beat against my house the storm is gonna hit me but I'm thankful to know that though the house might be shaken, the foundation will remain. That foundation is the chief cornerstone, the immovable Jesus Christ himself. Now I want to pray with you right now, but I'm going to give you my last point and I'm going to pray. Because in the end, here's my last point, in the end, God promised that everything that is built will soon be shaken. Pastor Beth, we know how this works. In the end, everything will be shaken. Hebrews 12 says, God has made another promise. One more time, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. That means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. I'm trying to tell you if you've if you were spending your life spinning your wheels, trying to build a home and a career and a bank account and a family if this is all it's about listen to me it is created and it is temporal and when the shaking happens it will be removed but if you choose to build that family and that career and that bank account and that life and that anointing and that mission ministry on the firm foundation jesus christ then listen to me when that shaking happens it will still remain uh, because the unshakable thing will still be there i want to pray over you right now because whatever we build on determines what it can be destroyed by and if I build on Jesus, then this thing is gonna remain forever. Forever. Karina, I'm just gonna highlight you just for a moment. Last year when, when Karina experienced a miscarriage, Jessica experienced a miscarriage, when these ladies went through this very traumatic and painful might not even mean the word. Because it was a lengthy process that we went through and any any woman who who's experienced the pain of of miscarriage and any husband who's had to walk alongside we know the the brokenness and the emptiness of that experience I want to tell you the reason that Karina is standing here today and ready to dedicate her daughter and the reason in time Jessica will be dedicating a fourth child is because they didn't build on their pain. They didn't build on what they lost. They didn't build on what can be shaken. They kept their foundation the same. Jesus Christ. And even in those moments when I saw their tears and I saw their anger and I saw their sorrow and they didn't always want to tell me, they didn't always want to be honest with me how mad they were at God and how they didn't even want to be in church. I saw that though their house was shaken, the foundation could not be moved. And I want to tell you today that if Jesus is the chief cornerstone, if he is the living stone, then you also, you also are living stones. Let me just pray over you right now. Would you close your eyes just for a moment? because if we are living stones stones the plural not the singular if we are living stones then I need you to know that we need each other let me say it again for the people who are just daydreaming right now with their eyes closed you're not a singular stone Jesus is the living stone you are the plural living stones that means we need each other we need other people And the whole reason Satan tries to get you to isolate yourself is to make you think that you have to be good at everything by yourself. And that's not how the kingdom of God is built. God's kingdom is built differently. In this kingdom, we are not built on self-reliance. In this kingdom, we are not built on independence. In this kingdom, God takes the burnt stones of Jerusalem and pieces them back together. And though there's imperfections, and though there is problems, it is grace that allows us to fit together. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm just trying to tell you, in this kingdom, the people next to you might be broken, might be burnt, they might not be complete, but grace is what's keeping us together. So instead of judging the stone, just be thankful for the grace that stone has received and let's build something great together. Amen. Heavenly Father, I believe in this place today. What you are revealing is that in these last days, we can't just act like we're ready for your return. We've got to get ready by getting busy and let's get rid. Of the malice let's get rid of the hypocrisy let's get rid of the deceit let's get rid of the slander and the the jealousy in our hearts but it doesn't happen overnight so as i get rid god give me the grace that i need to continue to get rid of those things and when i look at myself lord may i see i'm not a finished work yet And may I stop being my own worst critic. I prophesy over somebody's life right now. The enemy doesn't even need to tear you down anymore. You do his job for him. You spend all the time talking about how awful and terrible and worthless you are. And I came to tell you that is not what your heavenly Father says about you. Because though men have rejected you, God has chosen you. And I want to declare something different today. If you will build on Jesus, then you also will be a living stone. And you also will be a chosen generation. You also will be a royal priesthood. You also will be called a holy nation. You are God's special possession. And would you help me, just for 10 more seconds, praise the God who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Let those who build on Jesus Christ say amen and amen. Hallelujah. In this kingdom, it's built different. And before we begin to even dedicate children to the Lord, I want you to make sure that your life, your life, is dedicated to Christ. Here's your time-lapse moment. I don't even need to know about the previous 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years of your life and all the malice you've committed here's your moment that in just a matter of seconds you can be forgiven you can be redeemed and you can be brought into the family of God if you need that today would you just lift your hand right now I just want to be a part of God's family I want to know that I'm chosen I want to know that I'm loved amen with your hands raised I see it's all right. with your hands raised would you just pray this prayer with me right now just repeat after me say heavenly father i thank you for your love i'm thankful for your grace i ask you now to forgive me of all my sins cover me wash me cleanse me help me now to get rid of the malice and all the evil in my life help me now to live for you i thank you for sending jesus who was rejected so that I could be accepted. I thank you for your love and for your grace. I receive Jesus now as my Savior and as my Lord. And I dedicate my life to serving him now and forever. Amen and amen. If you believe that God heard us today, I know heaven heard us. Angels rejoice. Come on and say amen. Amen and amen.